Every five years, countries come together for an extravagant show unlike any other, the World's Fair. In 2015, all eyes are on Italy as Milan hosts Expo, a six-month event whose main theme looks at food in all its delicious forms, and more importantly, how nations plan to feed a growing population. This month, 145 countries, set on 1 million square meters of exhibit space, began welcoming visitors of all ages, eager to get a taste of the future. One of the challenges of World's Fair today in the age of immediate news, social media, 24-hour news cycle, is to find a topic that everyone can participate in that doesn't really set people apart, instead really takes advantage of being together in one place, the entire global community, to do something. And I think food is a great topic for that. Everyone has a role to play in the future of food. Once a showcase for nations to present their technological prowess and promote trade, in recent decades, the World's Fair has evolved into an elaborate exercise of nation branding, where countries fly the flag and play up their soft power assets to attract tourism. With food the focus, the Milan Expo allowed countries to win over hearts and minds by appealing to people's appetite. And the fair's avenue of nations at times resembled a global food court. Pavilions were another tool of public diplomacy deployed by countries to make their voice heard. Some used architecture to reinforce stereotypes. Others, like Chile, with the building in pine wood from the country's forests, took a subtle approach to national identity. We come from a very faraway country uh, with a huge mountains, and that mountains mark our character. I think that Los Andes make us a very introverted country. We are a serious country, a serious country, and I think that this building represents that. The structure and the architecture is the same. It's a real building for us. That's very important. We don't want to be part of the Vanity Fair that sometimes is related to the World Expo. A theme park atmosphere came across at Expo as countries looked for creative ways to educate visitors about their food culture. Inside Japan's traditional temple, there was digital storytelling and carefully curated displays of sushi to recount its agrarian economy and national dishes. And it was served up with a side order of theatrics to get people hungry for more. Despite Expo's main theme, feeding the planet, energy for life, that message was lost on some as several countries sought to advertise other natural resources. Emerging powers like the UAE brought in Norman Foster to design a pavilion to evoke the country's growing role on the world stage. Its Gulf neighbor, Bahrain, preferred to look to the past for inspiration. Its small and beautifully formed exhibit, made of curving concrete panels, referenced the country's ancient building practices. The idea was to get back to the old expos, you know, where the expos were still about architecture, and through architecture you can give an experience of a country. What we do here with the Bahrain Pavilion is we give a very specific atmosphere. People walk in here and they experience this in a different way. You know, they experience it through the senses. Now when you walk here, you uh, smell the orange blossom. And I think we get back to an experience of reality as it is, as things are, not through a representation of, of things. For me, that is also what architecture is about and what architecture can do. 
Somewhat lost in the show of national pride at Expo was the goal of fair organizers to emphasize the issue of providing healthy food in a sustainable manner for the world's population, which is expected to reach 9 billion in 2050. Host Italy did its part by delivering slices of its rich array of traditional foodstuffs, from meat to cheese, as it championed its army of artisan producers. But as nations touted agricultural exports and innovations, there was competition from the corporate world, whose presence at Expo drew criticism, as some participants put forth little in the way of a nutritious diet. One country that struck the right balance between promoting its economy and contributing to the debate on how to manage the planet's finite food supply was Switzerland. Its exhibit let the public take as many free samples of food and water as they wanted, but they were warned that supplies wouldn't be restocked for future visitors. Switzerland is a federal state, means that we are all different. We don't, we don't speak the same language, we don't come from the, the same region. We have to share, we have to have a community which is connected. All those big uh, rivers such as Grand or Rhone are coming from Switzerland and we, we share those rivers with our neighboring nations. So one of the messages that we want to send through the expo, we are an open nation and we do have to share. Sharing in water, it's, it's an interesting way to see how we are interconnected, but it's about how to think with the others. How can Switzerland contribute to a better world in the field of food, for instance? Everywhere one turned at Expo, there was talk of technology, genetically modified foods, and lower agriculture's carbon footprint. Visitors came away with more questions than answers about the safest approach to ensure a healthy supply of food in the future while protecting our planet's precious resources. But it did make them mindful the next time they go to the dinner table. World's fairs are supposed to foster debate and address issues universal to mankind. Milan's Expo has given the public plenty to chew on the next time they sit down for a meal. In Milan, for Monocle, I'm Ivan Carvalho.